0: This is the bloody disgusting podcast network.
1: The following contains mature subject matter, coarse language, intense situations, and is meant for an adult audience. Listener discretion is advised. On the outside, a collection of bricks, wood, tile, glass, and plaster, locked together with steel. A sanctuary and safe space, where respite, love, and memories are nurtured. It's where we dream, and it's where those dreams become nightmares. Bleeder's Digest, issue number three. It happened to us.
0: This story is called It Happened to Us, written by Chrissy Fox. I don't even know how to begin. I don't want to tell the stories of some tale you share around the campfire. This was real. It happened to me. It happened to us. I guess it all started with a big life change. Most crazy things do. My husband and I bought this great big old house and decided to remodel the whole thing into our dream house. We began the summer before we had our baby girl Chirp, a nickname that everyone now calls her. The house had the best bones. At over 4,000 square feet with hidden rooms and gaps of space between certain walls we didn't even expect. There was a lot of space to get creative. So the floors creaked and the empty rooms would moan. We didn't care. It was ours. All of it. And we loved it. Not to mention I was able to make my dream giant walk-in closet. My husband Ted got his basement man cave. Chirp got the most beautiful nursery any baby could dream of. We were trying to conceive for a very long time. We had her room ready before I even got pregnant. The downfall was Ted's constantly traveling for work. Being an investments manager for athletes and celebrities sounds cool, but really it just keeps him from his family seven months of the year. Once I gave birth to Chirp, we struggled for about ten and a half months, and then Ted and I decided it would be best to have my sister Nicole move in. That way I would have help with the baby and not feel so lonely. Nicole was always a great sister, super supportive of my crazy ideas. We'd love to watch shark movies and eat pasta. We'd drink our nightly glass of wine after Chirp went to bed and judge people we used to go to high school with. It wasn't Ted, but my sister being there was a close second. It was one week after Nicole had moved in and Ted was across the country that the first thing happened. I know what you're thinking. Oh, here we go, another ghost story. Believe me, I wish that's all this was. So it was 2.30 a.m. and Chirp and I were curled up together in bed Cole was asleep on the other side of the house when suddenly I heard the most intensely loud banging and crashing. As though the walls were about to bury us in the bed. It was terrifying, like an earthquake or a car crashing through the house. But when I sat up in bed, nothing was shaking. I could hear Nicole scream out from somewhere in the house. I heard her footsteps pounding down the hall towards my room. The old floorboards were shrieking as they gave under her weight. I jumped out of bed and stood frozen in the darkness of the room, unsure of what to do next, not knowing where the crashing sound was coming from. Nicole burst through my door to find me panicking in the shadows. What the fuck was that? Nicole asked. I have no idea. I responded. Nicole gripped my hand. I glanced back at the bed to see Chirp still sound asleep. We inch towards the giant walk-in closet door. Did you check in here? Nicole asked. I shook my head no. Nicole turns the handle and flings open the door and then jumps back. We both slap our hands over our mouth in shock. The entire closet was destroyed. Shelves that were neatly organized with shoes and purses torn off the wall and broken in messy piles on the other side of the closet. Clothes were torn down and a few pieces shredded. All that was really left in my beautiful new closet was piles of rubble. Nicole took a deep breath and stepped in past the doorway. She looks up at the ceiling and points. Look. <sighs> the crawl space has a trapdoor in the ceiling of the closet. The trapdoor was broken in half, exposing the darkness of the crawl space. What the fuck is going on? I asked Nicole. Should I call the police? Fuck if I know. Nicole spat. Uh, maybe the walls were too weak for the weight of those shelves? They they finally gave in? Nicole offered as an explanation. I looked at her skeptically. All of them? And why is half the shit on the other side of the room? Yeah, it's fucking weird. Nicole admitted. Yeah, but if we call the
1: police, we could come off looking really stupid.
0: I know what you're all thinking. How fucking stupid are these two? But believe me, if you were in our position, you'd take pause as well. Nothing worse than being those two women who were spooked from being home alone without a man. So we went back to bed. We agreed we would deal with cleaning the mess in the closet in the morning. I called Ted and told him what happened. He agreed with Nicole's theory that perhaps the drywall wasn't strong enough. He felt terrible that he wasn't there to help us clean it up. That made me feel a little better, even though deep down I knew it didn't make a lot of sense. Why was the crawl space open? The next morning, Chirp was eating our breakfast and shrieking in delight as Nicole put on a dance performance. I FaceTimed Ted, who dropped it on me that his trip was extended an extra week. Yeah, I wanted to kill him, but it's hard after watching his face light up from watching Chirp laughing. There's nothing more sexy than watching a father who adores his baby. I hung up with Ted and put my phone down and joined Nicole in cleaning up Chirp from our breakfast mess. As I picked up Chirp, I heard a loud cracking sound coming from behind us. Nicole and I whipped around to see my cell phone on the kitchen floor with the screen smashed to pieces. What the fuck? I don't usually swear in front of Chirp, but this was warranted. Did you leave it on the edge of the counter? Nicole asked. No, it was on the charging plate, I insisted. What the hell's going on? Nicole looks at me, clearly weirded out. I think we have a ghost, Jules. I roll my eyes at my sister. Stop. No, dude, I'm serious. I have a friend who went through something like this. Nicole looked convinced. Who, that weird fucking lady that lives upstairs? I told you to stop hanging out with her. She's going to put rat poison in your tea. I warned my sister. I can tell Nicole's getting mad. Whatever, she knows about this shit. I'm going to call her. Nicole spins on her heel and stomps off to her room. At this point, Chirp senses the tension and is getting impatient. I take her to the living room and we watch one of her cartoons. The baby nuzzles up against me and my exhaustion creeps in from not sleeping the night before. It's not long before Chirp is passed out on my lap. I feel the darkness drifting in as I, too, give in to sleep. I'm not sure how much time passed, but I was startled awake by Chirp's shriek. I blink with blurry, sleepy eyes, revealing that the entire room all around me is full of lit candles. On the floor, table, and shelves. Candles that were never there. I had no idea where they came from. I was covered in a blanket that had been folded over the back of the couch. I looked down and realized Chirp is gone. Chirp? Baby? Nicole, are you here? I'm trying not to panic, but I can hear the fear in my voice. There's no response. I jump up, dodging candles. Chirp! Nick, do you have her? I hear Chirp giggle from a room on the other side of the house. I begin running so frantically. I was banging into walls, tables, any furniture or Chirp's toys that stood in my path. I reach the unused spare bedroom at the far end of the house. The room stands dark. Quiet. Almost too quiet. Then BAM! Something crashes inside the closet. I swing it open and there's Chirp staring at me, startled. She'd pulled over a box of Christmas decorations that we'd stored in there. The baby starts to cry and reaches for me. I scoop her up and hold her so tight, I'm not sure I'll ever let her go. Not more than a moment passed before I hear the front door open slowly. Clinging to chirp, I creep down the dark hallway. Nicole turns the corner, scaring the blood from my face. I know I'm white as a sheet. Jules? What the fuck is going on in here? Nicole scans the place, noting the hundreds of candles that fill the living room. I'm shocked. You mean you didn't do this? I gasped. Nicole looks more confused than ever. How and why would I do all this? Am I trying to seduce you? I stare at her, searching for an explanation. I choke back tears as I tell my sister. I found Chirp in the spare bedroom closet. What?! Nicole shakes her head as though that will help all this make sense. Chirp can barely walk on her own. Yes. I know. I'm stammering my words now. I hate to tell you this, Jules, but we have a ghost. Like, definitely. I was back in my old apartment talking to Maud, and she did a reading, and she, she was willing to bet her life on it. I'm getting really angry with my sister now. Nicole, someone was in the house. They filled the room full of candles while I slept. They took my baby and put her in the closet of a dark spare room without me knowing. We're in danger and we don't even know what the fuck it is. I'm not going to be some sad fucking forensic file story. I'm calling the police, then I'm calling Ted to get his fucking deadbeat ass home. Yeah, good call. You're right. Nicole hugs me as I reach for my phone. Wait, my phone's smashed. Go check out Chirp and make sure she's okay. I'll call them. Don't go far, I beg my sister. She assures me. I won't leave your sight.
1: I'm just right over here. More of Bleeders Digest, issue number three. It happened to us. After this.
0: The police came that night. They searched the house high and low, but found nothing. I was embarrassed as I cried telling them how afraid we were and recounted the events that had happened over the past few days. But eventually the police left, saying there was no signs of forced entry. Whoever may or may not have been inside the house was definitely gone. And in their experience, would not likely be back. They could have been looking for something to steal from us that perhaps we just didn't have. Guns? Cash? Drugs, maybe? The other theory is it could have been some adolescents trying to scare us. Deep down, Nicole and I both knew they just thought we were two women alone in a house that scared themselves somehow. Even with everything that happened, it made no sense at all. Victims of our own mind, as many women are accused of. When I spoke to Ted later, the conversation went the same way. He was more sensitive about it, but assured me he believed we were safe, and Nicole and I just got each other worked up. I was so angry I hung up on him and wouldn't answer any of his calls when he tried me back over and over Going to bed that night was one of the worst things you could imagine. I was certain I would close my eyes, and whoever or whatever was out there would kill me. Take my baby. Hurt my sister. Every dark, terrifying thing you could imagine was running through my head. Want me to sleep in here with you guys? Nicole asked. Maybe we should stick together. I agreed. Nicole climbed into bed with Chirp and I, and we all fell into a cautious sleep, holding on to each other. Not even two hours had passed when the tapping awoke us. Nicole shot up from bed. I swear to God, if you're fucking with me... She threatened. It's not me! I assured her. The tapping turned into scraping. It was coming from out in the hallway. I held onto the back of Nicole's shirt and we tiptoed out into the hall. The loud floorboards kept giving us away.
1: can't really sneak up on somebody here.
0: Nicole whispered. We stood in the hallway silently. I'm pretty sure I wasn't even breathing. It was completely quiet. Suddenly, screech! A deafening sound erupts. Oh my god, I gasped. It's coming from inside the fucking wall! Rats? Nicole asked. That's not a fucking rat, I replied. That I was very sure of. Something switched in me that moment from fear to rage. I was so goddamn angry. I ran to the kitchen and jerked open a drawer. I pulled out a large hammer. I reappear in the hallway and Nicole's eyes widen. She shakes her head no, warning me to stop. I nod my head, fuck yes, and swing the hammer as hard as I can into the wall where the sound was coming from. The wall cracks and gives. I just punched a fist-sized hole through the drywall with that hammer. I quickly lean into the hole, scanning through it with my bulged eyeball, looking left, nothing but darkness. I rip Nicole's cell phone from her hand and flick on the flashlight, shining it through the hole. I make eye contact with the startled man. I scream and terror tears through my entire body and I fall backwards onto my ass. What? What did you see? Nicole asks. She's more scared than I've ever seen her. I stutter as the words come out of my mouth. There. There's a man. A man inside the fucking wall. What the fuck do you mean? Nicole's eyes widen until I swear I could almost see the blood vessels bursting in the whites of them. Before I can respond, we hear banging again. This time it sounds like someone running. Yes, running inside the fucking wall. He must have been watching us. I gasp. Nicole leans against a far wall to stop herself from collapsing in fear. I'm calling the fucking police, she said. I nodded in agreement and added, And get away from the wall. Nicole realizes what I'm saying, but before she can move, an axe explodes through the wall, landing deep inside the back of Nicole's head. I'll never forget the look on her face as blood poured from her mouth and out of her ears. Before she dropped, she looked at me as to say, he got us, Jules. It was the worst moment of my life. Or so I thought. I didn't have time to run the coal, As the man on the wall. That's what I call him. Ripped the axe out of the back of my sister's head and began breaking a larger hole in the wall so he could climb out and get to me. I run to my bedroom and slam and lock the door behind me. I jump into bed, covering Chirp with my body. I hear my closet door open gently. Choking on my own breath. I'm so scared. I faced the realization he came in through that crawl space in the ceiling of the closet. It's too late for me to run. I'd never leave Chirp. The best I could do was try to protect her by sacrificing myself. I covered us both with the blanket on the bed and I closed my eyes tight. I was so grateful in that moment that the baby was such a heavy sleeper and she was totally unaware of the horrific things going on around her. felt weight at the end of the bed. It creaks someone climbs onto the bed and closer and closer to me. I feel the blanket being tugged on. It slips down below my chin. I feel tears burning, but I keep my eyes tightly shut. I didn't want to see that face again. It was too much. I wanted my sister beside me, but he took her away. I feel a hot breath on my neck, exhaling deeply into my ear. Oh. And then I hear his voice.
2: I've waited so long for this. I've watched you every day since you moved in, every night since our baby was born. This
0: is the part I never told anyone. Not the police, not my remaining family, not Ted and certainly not sharp. We had such a hard time conceiving her. We tried for years and years. We cried, fought, kept trying. We never gave up, even though we are fairly certain it may not be possible with Ted's weak sperm. That's why she was such a miracle. One night we went to a wine tasting. It turned into going to a bar we used to drink at when we first got together. It was the best night. We were both beyond wasted. We passed out as soon as we got home. In the middle of the night, Ted started something with me, and we ended up having sex. An experience we laugh about to this day because he didn't even remember doing it. The only proof we have of that encounter is my barely conscious memory and our beautiful daughter. So the man on the wall that night told me everything I wished I never had to know.
2: I was in your room that night. I got on top of you and made love to you the way you deserved. I gave you what he never could, our baby. A piece of me and the love we could have together. It came to me, and believe me, I waited for the signs. They told me they all have to go, and we can be together. I will finally have you. I was trying to scare your sister away, but she wouldn't go. I'm sorry I tried to do it that way, but she wouldn't go. So she had to die. You understand it's because I love you, right? I know you. I see you like no one ever has. You need me more than you could ever know. I gave you the thing you love the most.
0: I was sobbing and just praying it would be over soon. Bang! The front door burst open. When I opened my eyes, he was gone. I never saw his face clearly. The police rushed in, guns drawn. One of them slipped to my dead sister's blood. I heard him fall and a female officer call out. Later it was explained to me that an officer drove by to check up on Nicole and I after the whole thing that went down earlier that day. He heard screaming but waited for backup before he entered the house. If he hadn't waited, perhaps my sister would still be alive. But there's nothing we can really do about that now, right? Ted, Chirp, and I moved away. Started fresh in a new city, with new friends. Ted and the police told me they were very sure the man in the wall was gone for good. He would never come back after what had happened. He was never found. But they insisted he wouldn't want a chance getting caught. The problem is, I never really saw his face. Not clearly enough to identify him. The only thing that sticks in my head are his dark eyes. The ones that bore into mine in that moment, I saw him inside the wall. The same eyes my baby daughter has. Sometimes when I catch her doing something wrong, she gives me that same look. Those eyes give me that same look. Deep down, I know he'll be back. The scariest thing is, I won't even see him coming.
1: It Happened to Us, written by Chrissy Fox. Featuring Chrissy Fox as Jules, Michelle Carter as Nicole, Tyler Connolly as the Man in the Wall. Story engineered by Tyler Connolly. Music and sound design by Chrissy Fox. Additional music by Michelle Carter. Bleeder's Digest is created and curated by Spider One, Chrissy Fox, Trevor Shand, and Lauren Shand. Theme music by Trevor Shand, Tyler Connolly, and Chrissy Fox. Subscribe on your favorite podcast provider to never miss an episode. Bleeder's Digest is a presentation of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network.